0: You are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. Friday, September 13th, McMinnville, Tennessee. Are you ready for Rigor Mortis? Rigor Mortis is a walkthrough, dark attraction filled with state-of-the-art environments, amazing special effects,
1: and terrifying live actors. Journey through not just one haunted house, but two for the price of one. First Prepare to witness the truth behind the McMenville
0: Nuclear Fallout Shelter, as well as discover what lies behind the flooded walls of the underground McMinnville mortuary. Can you make it through
1: this terrifying haunt? We'll see. Hi, I'm Bill Mosley, and you're in the horror basement. (laughs) I my plate, you
2: dog Welcome to the Horror Basement, where we talk horror and more. Come to you from the basement of my mom's trailer. I'm one of the three hosts, Johnny, and we have Jim Jam here with us.
0: Jim Jam here.
2: Oh, yet he's not here again. What a bitch. Uh-huh. And we're serving up horror all over the land like biscuits and gravy, baby. You know how we do it.
0: Yes, we are.
2: And on today's podcast, guys, we have a great, great, great interview with Josh Hasty, writer director of Candy Corn. Uh, if you're coming out September the 13th, uh, select theaters. will be out VOD and everywhere September 17th. But if you're looking forward to the movie, he will go into like what it was to make it and everything. It was just, it's a really good interview. I had a, a whole lot of fun. Go follow us on Instagram at the Horror Basement Podcast. And go hit up tnhorror.com because haunt season's coming up. And there's a fucking haunt directory on there, guys. You can find your city that you want to go to. You it tells you where the haunt is. You just click on it, or it tells you what haunts in it, and you click on the haunt, and it brings you to their website, and you can find out all the information. You don't have to worry about reviews or none of that bullshit, unless you like reviews, because it's not really bullshit. I was just saying that to make yeah,
0: because then you can go to Haunt Seekers of Tennessee and check out the <laughs> reviews.
2: Yeah, I was that's why I said that just to fuck with you. I know you'd be like, what the
0: fuck? This not cool. This not cool. John, Hey, uh, Johnny said that. Uh, Johnny don't like reviews.
2: Well, I mean, some people don't. But if you do go to Haunt Secrets, you can see what the haunt was like from last year or if they've already went to one. You know what I'm saying? Right? No? Sure. You don't even know. You ain't even been there. Shut up. But anyways, um, go to TNHorror.com. Check out the merch page and go support us. And buy merch. Lots of merch. Merch. Shirts. Shirts. Candles. Candles. Stickers. Stickers. Mugs. Mugs. Is there a mug? Yes. You know, I actually had someone ask me, do we have a coffee mug? Yes, we do. How much is that coffee mug, sir? $75. $75? Yeah, you're
0: not only getting a coffee mug, but the perk is. <laughs> the <laughs> perk
2: is you're getting a coffee mug.
0: You're getting a coffee mug and you're supporting us.
2: That's a fucking eight. I don't know. It's, no, you'll get not, that joke once we get into the interview. It's not you'll $75. Yeah, you'll get the joke once we get into the interview. I guess that's a... What, what do you call them kind of joke? Inside, inside joke.
0: That's <laughs> not a fun.
2: <laughs> It hasn't left the closet yet. It's still inside. It's still inside, guys. No, sorry. No, uh, didn't mean That's
0: that. race. I mean, that's not race. That's...
2: Yeah, you're an idiot. But anyways, TNHorror.com. <laughs> We're all over the place. We just got through doing a really awesome hour interview, so...
0: Yeah, he's going to love this, interview, this intro. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, this is what you get, Josh. <laughs> uh, well, it was just a fun interview, so now I just want to, like, you know. Yeah, it's a fun interview.
0: Make, make some giddy.
2: It was a fun interview, so I'm pulling off the energy from that, and it's just, you know, I really had a good Y'all time. Y'all wouldn't
0: let me ask the question.
2: What, if ghosts have clothes? Yeah. Why? He didn't want to hear that shit. Josh. Respond to us on Instagram, do ghosts wear clothes? Do they have clothes? It's an old thing that we started.
0: And y'all don't want to ask nobody more.
2: No, no, because it's old. So? It could be I mean,
0: one of the questions that we
2: always ask. That could be the next question of the week with Poncho. <laughs> Great. Poncho, do ghosts wear clothes? what's your opinion on that bro i think he would
0: have a good sense of humor about it
2: i think he would but yeah so uh uh, away we go all right guys so today we have a writer and director josh hasty uh you will know him from the up-and-coming movie candy corn uh josh we appreciate you being here bro yeah
1: thanks for having me guys
2: um before we get into this interview, we're going to do the question of the week with Josh, which is: um, If you had to choose between two, the two, who do you think would win in a fight,
1: the Gill Man
2: or Swamp Thing?
1: Hmm. I mean, I'm going with Gill Man just because he's Gill Man. You know, there would be no Swamp Thing without Gill Man. He got to show some respect. So, uh, Gill
2: Man. Yeah. What do you say, Jim Jim?
0: Is Gillman from
2: uh, the creature of the Black Game.
0: <clears throat> well, if you go off of the Derek Derek Mirror Swamp Thing, well,
2: I gotta go with that one. I was uh, I was going to go with the Gilman, only for the whole fact that I think you know he's ancient, he's older, and I just think wiser. He, yeah, and I just think he would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. has the Swamp Thing ever killed anyone? Uh, in the new one, yes. In the new one? See, yeah. I haven't watched none of the new ones. I'm just sitting there thinking like of the old TV show, if he actually killed anyone. And I didn't get into the comics, so... Was there comics in one Thing? Yeah, I don't know. I just think the Gilman, just because he's more of an ancient creature and he would, you know... I think he would just kill him. I don't know. That's just what I think.
1: I'm with you. I'm with
2: you. Yeah, good. See, haha, you're wiser I like that.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: I mean, he's ancient, right? Like, he's a old, part of an, like a really old race. I, I, changed,
0: I changed my mind. Nope, too late. You lose, you lose. <laughs> no,
2: <Nah. laughs> But uh, Josh, man, uh, you've been busy, ain't you? Uh, doing a lot of promotional stuff for Candy Corn?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's been really crazy, but it's good. I love it. It took a long time to get this movie done, and uh, it feels amazing. I love every opportunity I get to talk to people like you guys who support it and you know want to talk about it it's great to talk about a final product but it has been it's been a circus that's for sure
0: well yeah we definitely see that you know as we got more into the i guess the indie side of uh, filmmaking it uh, seems like it takes a long time to get things started in general and then completed how
1: long did it take yeah yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 yeah it took almost three years of you know what's what's interesting is like you're right it's really hard to get this stuff done and there's you know a plethora of reasons but one of the big ones is funding you know it's really hard the the movie business is it's a business like any other business and when you have these big blockbusters um you know they're very calculated and they know what you know how much money a certain actor or director is going to bring in and they you know, they have these big marketing budgets, and even if the film fails after the first weekend, they typically make their their money back opening weekend in box office, so they're good to go. You don't have those luxuries when you're when you're doing an indie film like Candy Corn, um, and so you know any indie film it's it's a miracle that it gets done just because of of what you're stacked against. But Candy Corn is interesting because we kept going through producers who were signing up saying they were going to raise the money and get it together and then they wouldn't so we ended up actually long story short shooting candy corn over the course of two years and four separate productions between california and ohio and we did that because we had to that wasn't what we wanted to do and so that's ultimately what what took so long was just you know, you'd have a producer on board who was like, yeah, we've got you know, this money coming into escrow in uh, a month and, you know, start pre-production and you get to work and then the money wasn't there. And then maybe a little bit of money would come and they would say, you know, we've got this and the rest will be here before we start shooting. Don't worry. And then you get to the point where it's time to shoot and the rest of the money isn't there. So you have to just shoot the few days that you had because you've already got the locations, you've got the actors and the permits and everything else. And we can't afford to just say, "Well, we'll move it to later." You know, so yeah, it's. I mean, that's a, that's a nutshell version of of what it. T- you know, took t- this film at least, I can't speak for all indie films, but that's that was our biggest hurdle.
2: So that does sound like a struggle, right there. I couldn't imagine going through all that actually. But where originally was you wanting to film? Was you wanting to do it in two locations originally? Like, was that? Or was it just one location? Um, like, Because uh, I've seen that it was filmed in Ohio. So was it just going to be filmed in Ohio, or was it just going to be planned on filming in, in California?
1: Well, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, from the beginning, I, I wrote it about a fictitious town in Ohio that was inspired by the area I grew up in Ohio. And so that was always the plan, was to shoot it all in Ohio. But... What we shot in L.A. was stuff that we we had to shoot there because, like, it's all the Midway stuff, all the carnival stuff yeah. that you see, the backstage, all that stuff. That's all in L.A. because that's that stuff is there, you know? So, True, it like, yeah. that's from the L.A. circus. Like, they actually, they rent out, you know, all those props and sets have been used in American Horror Story and 31 and Carnival and uh, Greatest Showman, you know, any carnival thing, really, that's shot, In L.A., that's the place to use it. So they had this stuff. And then on top of that, I was able to... It wasn't like that carnival was built. They have a big lot, and it's empty. And then I was able to go through for, like, two days and pick all the stuff I wanted from the trailers to what tents I wanted and and all this stuff and really build this dream place that was in my script. You just can't do that in Ohio. You can only do that in L.A. On the flip side... Everything we shot in Ohio, all the exteriors, some of the houses, that amazing movie theater, all that was real locations the places that I knew of from friends or whatever, um, you know, and like the police in the town that we shot in they they knew what I was doing, so like they just shut down the roads and let us do these you know drone shots uh with road closures, and you just can't get that in l a uh, no. easily and not not on this this budget so. So that was the plan I was like, let's do it all in Ohio because we can get that. But then my production designer brought up, well, carnival stuff we could do here and I can get you this stuff for really cheap. And so that's really the only reason we went to L.A. at that point.
2: Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because like you just said, the carnival stuff, I didn't realize all that would have been in L.A. Like, but then again, it makes sense on why it would be because there's so many films being made there. So why wouldn't it be? But
1: yeah, you, you keep well and everything we shot in Ohio could have been done in LA too, but it would have cost us more money than we ever could have. Been. Oh we yeah. Did. So it's uh you yeah, know, it's it's a balance.
2: Definitely. Uh oh, what can I if I can ask you, what was the budget on this
1: film? I can't say publicly, but it was very, oh. very little. Um <laughs> contractually I can't I can't say how loud what it is, but um it was it was less than whatever number you can imagine this film costs i guarantee you it cost significantly less um most most of what we did was on favors i mean you know we had justin Mabry, who owns trick or treat studios and designed you know was the one of the sculptors on the new michael myers mask that blumhouse did this dude is no he's, he's amazing he's one of the best in the business and he basically worked with me as a producer uh, for equity in the film, you know, just really believed in it. And so that's across the board. I mean, our makeup effects team is Oscar award winning, you know, they've worked on Benjamin Button and vice and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And it was all just favors. So the original budget was millions and we did not spend even close to that.
2: Not even close. Yeah, because I w- when you mentioned the special effects on it, and it was just like, they were really, really good. They were done really well, and, and that's why I was wondering what the budget was because of how well they were done. <laughs> and the same thing with the the. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what you call the the Atkins character. I'm not sure what what his killer name is. Like, if he has a name after he's you know comes back to life, but the mask that he's wearing, it just looks really, really good.
1: Yeah, that's all Justin. Um, Justin Mabry did. He, he's he's amazing. I mean, he's in my opinion, he's the best in the business. Um, you know, he wouldn't say that, but he is. He he can you know some of that stuff. Like, going to tell you a story I haven't told anybody with like Bishop Gates. All right, played by Tony, Tony Todd. He has a, a pipe that he uses in the movie. I won't say what he does with it, but you know what he does with it. And he has that. Well, I had, re- I had uh, rented a, a movie prop, okay? So we shot all Tony's stuff in L.A, and I rented this really nice big wrench that's you know, looks real and it's painted really nice, but it's used it's made out of foam and whatever. It's used in movies. And it never showed up. So the next day I was waiting till the last minute, just like, you know, and they kept saying, Yeah, it's it's coming, it's coming and it never showed up. So we had to shoot Tony's stuff the next day, all the big stuff that he has with his pipe. And I was like freaking out, you know, I'm in my hotel room at like one in the morning and calling Justin and I'm like, dude, what what are we gonna do? And he's just like, Well, let me try something. An hour later he sends me pictures of this, this pipe that he made. And literally made it out of foam, like like uh, foam that goes around like piping, you know, like hot water pipes yeah. and uh, an old rag and covered it in cinnamon, like like spray glued cinnamon. So it looked like rust on it and hmm. painted it a little bit in less than an hour. And it looks, you know, like even Tony was like, my God, this is amazing. Um, but that's Justin. You know, he he sculpted the mask um, from scratch. He You know, he's. He has done, like I said, he did, you know, the new Myers uh, in, in the 2018 film. But additionally, Trigger Tree Studios has done all I mean, they mass produce all the officially licensed masks for Halloween and, uh, you know, all of them. I mean, Leatherface, like you name it. Justin sculpts all of those. So he knows what it takes to make, you know, uh, an iconic killer. He's made all of them. For many many years, and when we worked together on what I what did I want Jacob's mask to look like, I mean, he just knocked it out of the park. So that all the special effects, that was very important to me to do practical effects. I didn't want to do CGI, um, hate it. And okay. Justin is also from that school. Uh, he loves practical effects. You know, he's like, you know, from like the the Tom Savini world of just like do it the do it real, shoot it in camera. And so all of that i mean i won't give away what the kills were but you've seen it and like every single one of those real stuff that justin made um almost on his own toward the end uh it got a little crazy because justin also acts he's, he plays deputy conrad in the film and so it got to the point where like he couldn't do everything and that's when he brought on chris gallagher and eric porn who are some of the best in the business hands down um but it was all spearheaded by Justin. So any of the kills, the mask, the props, Jacob's pumpkin pail, Justin Mabry made it all.
0: Speak of that pumpkin pail though. So when we going to get a, um, <laughs> When's candy, that going on yeah, sale? candy corn and that, uh, mask and all that going to go on sale. I know trick or treat studios is going to bring them out, right?
1: Yeah. I actually just, uh, just posted a story on Instagram today, announcing it. Um, oh. I just got the I just got the prototypes of everything sent to me for approval, and they are freaking phenomenal. Like, the, you know, they're releasing a ton of stuff. Um, Trick or Treat's putting out, of course, the mask um, and the costumes and some other really amazing products, uh, the pumpkin pail. And, I mean, the they're just – they keep getting better and better. Trick or Treat Studios does. And I was yeah. looking at these prototypes, and I'm like, I mean – they look screen used. It's it's almost identical. Uh, so it's yeah they'll be coming. I don't know what the official date is, but you know probably right after the film officially comes out on September seventeenth, should be looking for an announcement right around then from Trick or Treat.
0: Hey, uh, does that uh, story thing does it have audio on it or is it just a picture?
1: He wants to click on your uh, not Instagram. The, story. Yeah, the one I just posted is just a, a boomerang.
0: Okay, because I was gonna click on it, but just I got teaser. I got my phone plugged into the mixer. I don't want
1: to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's over here. Like, I want to see it.
0: <laughs> okay, let's see. Yeah,
1: I might have some. I have, I think I have the trailer in my stories, maybe still. So it's got audio, but yeah, it's just a little teaser. I just pulled out Doctor Death's hat. They uh, okay, they that... hat, and they did Jacob's costume, and um, yeah, they just sent me a box of of the stuff. But
2: oh, that hat is yeah, it's exciting, freaking I
1: mean. phenomenal.
0: So is a uh, punch yeah, does Pancho have one of those hats, or is he going to get one?
1: No, the, all the screen-used stuff is, uh, is archived in my studio. Every, oh. every the the official ma- the, the screen-used mask. Um, there's actually three versions of the mask. There's the one at the very beginning that's sort of dusty-looking that Doctor Death puts on Jacob, and then there's one during the first uh, when you first see him when it's sort of covered in blood, and then the whole rest of the film all the what we call the kill mask uh that one is in my studio on a mannequin head right now um and you guys have seen it so i won't give anything away but every kill that's in the movie i have all of those body parts archived as well on display oh damn Um, so i've got like little building this little candy corn museum and uh yeah and all the wardrobes too Uh, so hopefully they'll they'll come back out at some point for More, more Doctor Death screen time, but
0: Um, yeah. So, if anybody was to go into this your museum of uh, candy corn, would they think that you're just uh, collecting dead body parts?
1: (laughs) It would look like it, yeah. It would look like I have like a bunch of weird, bloody circus clothes and and dead body parts. And that's the thing is they all, you know, just in like like the arms, uh, you know, without telling what it is. But there's the one scene with the the arms in them. Uh, they're made out of silicone and they're like painted underneath, like underneath the silicone. So the silicone's translucent and then underneath that there's like veins and, and little hairs and stuff. So they look, I mean, they look like real, Damn. real human arms and hands. Well, yeah, yeah. It's incredible, man. I got so lucky with, with Justin coming on board.
0: I hey, uh, I don't know if this will get, if it gives anything away, tell me and I'll just cut it out. But, uh, how, so what's he been doing? What kind of weights he lifting?
2: oh <laughs> it's, yeah it's supernatural uh, that's, oh.
1: that's just a super that's just a superpower strength
2: yeah supernatural man right yeah speaking of supernatural yeah. um what was your thoughts process of doing uh like a revenge movie you know what i'm saying like what, when you first yeah. come up with candy corn was it like it's definitely got to be a revenge movie or was you going to try to spin it in a different way
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think it was revenge at first. For me, the the nucleus was I want to make something Halloween themed. I want to make it uh, in the place that I grew up and fell in love with. Not just horror movies, but the season of Halloween. You know, I grew up in, in Ohio, and you know, Midwest fall time. There's nothing like it. I don't care what anyone says it's the best and yes. there's a feeling, there's just a, a, a vibe and a tone about that. And um, that was, that's really what I wanted was let's make that. And then it just sort of, as I started creating the characters, uh, you know, at first I can't even remember now if like I ever had it not be revenge, but that definitely came later as I was like, all right, well what, you know, what's the purpose that was really, really important to me. There's so many movies out there that it's just like, you know, people just, you know, crazy people killing or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. That just doesn't, obviously a lot of people like that sort of thing. It doesn't speak to me. And I don't want to make something just to pander to an audience. So for me, it was like, there's got to be a purpose. Jacob has to have a reason to do this. I think I worked backwards from there and sort of tapped into what I know, which is being weird, being an outcast, um, being called all those names, that jacob is called and and sort of you know flipping that on its head saying all right well what if what if the freak as they call him actually you know can do something about it this time um of course i was very inspired by you know dr frankenstein and frankenstein's monster of this sort of relationship between you know this sort of helpless poor pathetic giant gentle beast um, and the crazy monster or the crazy doctor rather that is, uh, kind of manipulating him.
2: So you, you mentioned Dr. Death extra screen time. So um, I got to ask, is there going to be more with Dr. Death? <laughs> I mean, you know, I got to ask because like, people want to know.
1: Yeah, no, every, everybody asks. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm glad they ask because I mean, you know, people want more. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not quiet about the fact that I wrote Candy Corn as a trilogy. Ooh. You know, I started writing, and I, I mentioned this on a, on an interview yeah. that's, that, that I did on Blu-ray. Uh, I, I wrote the film, I wrote the script, and as I kept writing, and kind of one of the things that worked against us was our timing and budget. You know, but what was cool was because we weren't able to shoot a whole lot, and my producers were like, hey, you got to cut, some of this script now like we're not going to be able to shoot all of this you know without getting too into it basically when you're making a film you have to sh- you have to aim to shoot x amount of pages of the script in a day that's yeah. the general sense of you know what the what, how the schedule is built They're like we're just we don't have enough money to shoot this many days so cut some stuff out so that sort of kind of triggered it and I was like, all right well what do i take out because i love all this Started to take something out, and then I was like, you know, but I don't know, I really like that. And then it would inspire ideas of like, well, if I took that out, he could do this instead. But then over here, that could make him do this, you know. And before you know it, I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to write, I'm just going to write another script. And, you know, people dig candy corn, and then we'll do another one, and I've got it ready to go. And yeah. I kept doing that. And then during those hiatuses when we were raising money, I'm always writing. And I just started writing more and more and more and, um, you know, started talking to Tony and Poncho and, you know, talking about the characters and they, they're method actors. So Tony would be like, you know, and, you know, Bishop gate, you know, could, could do this and, you know, whatever. And so it got to the point where I'm like, well, I've now got a trilogy here and it's this really beautiful arc, uh, and story. And so, you know, definitely, I definitely want to do them. I want to make them in some capacity. Uh, I got a lot of really fun ideas of how they could be made and and where they could uh, go once they're made. And I'm really excited about that. But, but next up, I want to do something. I've got, I've got a ton of scripts. I'm always writing, like I said, and there's a, there's a couple more films that are unrelated to candy corn that I'm just like really fired up about. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to, Put candy corn to bed, but I kind of want to just let it rest a little bit, get it out there, let the fans find it, let it live for a little bit, and not just jump straight to a sequel. I, you know, kind of think that would, it would just be too, too easy, you know?
2: Yeah, rushing into it wouldn't be a good thing either. Like you said, let it breathe and people create a fandom around it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, 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 you know, it's just, I lived with it for three years and it's like, I don't, I couldn't, I could not do a sequel today because (laughs) I haven't taken enough time to like really stop, let the characters breathe out there in the world. And like you said, let the fans get a hold of it and, you know, find out which characters do they love, which characters do they hate and, um, you know, give them a little bit of of what they want as well. In addition to just creating the film that I want to create. But, uh, yeah, just that's not why I made candy corn. You know, I didn't. I, this was never something to, to make money or, you know, fame or whatever. Um, and I'm glad that people are reacting the way they are to it. It's amazing. But, if I were to just jump into a sequel just because people liked it, it would be going against the entire reason I created this, this world.
0: I want to go back to uh, a little bit about the filming part. How
1: long did you
0: have to film this?
1: So we shot the film in a total of 17 days. Wow. That's all. Um, and we, we worked, we averaged the shortest day we ever had was 12 hours. That's what most of the days were. Uh, and we did, we averaged about about 10 to 12 pages, sometimes 14 pages a day. Um, and sometimes we, you know we just do a few pages, but you know we we actually ended up going back and reshooting the bulk of what we did the first time in Ohio when we got our funding uh because we the weather kind of screwed us up the first time around, but we thought we had to deal with it um so in those seventeen days, three of them were reshoots basically uh, yeah, man, I mean, we cranked through it it was it was not an easy shoot, and fortunately there was a really good vibe on set. I mean, everybody, while it was tiring and stressful and everybody was worn out, you know, at at all times of the day and night, um, we all just had this feeling of like, we're creating something that we are proud of. You know, when you would see Jacob come on set in that wardrobe, he's freaking tall, man. And comes in just looking like that. It's just like, it just made you feel like a little kid, you know, like we're making a horror film and, We're doing it our own way, and it's original, and it's fun. It was stretched out over two years. It seemed like forever, but actually wasn't, just a few weeks.
2: (laughs) Well, when you bring up the budget and you tell me that you shot for 17 days, I know the budget was low. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, 17 days is not a long time.
1: (laughs) 17 days is nothing. And on top of that, we... Out of all the locations that we have in the film, most of them were free because there were people that I knew, or you know, I would, you know, talk with people and just try to get them excited about this. And uh, I mean, the diner, the the Coopers in the film that was that was a free location. Uh, the guy owned that and the theater. Oh wow, that's uh, what I was wanting next to ask door about to that. it. So yeah, it's like super lucky stuff like that that uh, I, I happened to graduate with his son. And, you know, we just, he found out we were coming to town and was like, hey, if you need any of this stuff, let me know. And it was, it was, it was, a, it was like a joke. He sent me pictures of the diner and I was showing it to all my producers. And I'm just like, how absurd is this? Cause it was, it was exactly what's in the script. It was the quintessential old diner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, think about that. Like, think about, you know, it's 17 days locations, you know, not costing yeah. anything. Most of the crew working for equity rather than cash and, uh, shooting in Ohio where there's no, you know, no permits or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it was incredible what we were able to, to do with a little bit of money we had.
0: Going off, uh, the, how long it took to film it, how long was post-production?
1: That was super fast. I edit everything. Um, so, so the post-production was super streamlined. So basically, when we would take a, a hiatus and we'd be getting screwed over by producers and trying to find more money, I would edit everything we had already shot. So by the time we got done, finished you know, filming the whole thing, that was December of 2018. I think we wrapped on December 18th, 2018. I went through and cut everything. Uh, Lindsay, my fiance, she's a color correct uh, correctionist and you know, does all that for everything I've ever done. She color graded the entire film while I was in Austin, Texas, writing the score with my co-composer. So I came back. We did final touches on everything. Um, we had uh, you know very little, very little you know people involved. We had one other guy. Uh, do the final sound mix, and I had a final cut that we screened at Horror Hound in Cincinnati, March fifteenth. Wow, that was, so, and that, wow. <laughs> and that's the version that Epic Pictures bought. I mean, they didn't, fortunately, did not have me make a single edit. Um, that was it, man. They they took it and.
0: Well, I guess that's the super uh, fast.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess that's the plus thing about being your own editor. You, you have the luxury of being able to edit uh, as you shoot pretty much.
1: Yeah, I have to. I mean, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm very specific in all the shots, even in my script. I know exactly, you know, I had a great cinematographer who knew the technical side of everything, which was amazing. Um, but, I mean, I had every frame mapped out. I had a storyboarded it myself. I knew exactly where the camera would go for every shot, what the move would be. I mean, I even rented the you know the dollies and tracks myself because I knew I knew what I would need. So that sped post production up for me because really didn't you know I would do a lot of takes with certain actors who I had to really pull a performance out of because some of these actors weren't they're they're not actors you know professionally. Um, but I liked their look. And so I really wanted to work with them and, and get a performance out of them. Somebody like Tony Poncho, Courtney, PJ one and done. I mean, it's pathetic how good they are. Like, it was just like, they, they just nailed it perfect every single time. So, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I could get that and I would have that stuff edited that night in my hotel after 12 hours of shooting because I'm so excited. Like, I just, I love it. You know, I'm, I, I'm working with these icons that I love. It's a story that I wrote and I really love and, you know, want to see come to life. And then I just, at the end of the day, you know, the, the AC gives me the camera, the, the footage on the hard drive, just go back to the hard, you know, the uh, hotel, cut it all together. And, um, and that was pretty much it. I mean, but it helps having a clear vision of what you want. Cause if I didn't, I may have all this footage, you know, different options and have to spend a lot of time sort of, you know, a being what, what works best. But, uh, for me, I just, yeah, you know, it's just not how my brain works.
0: Seeing that these characters are so well, uh, brought to life. Would you consider doing a uh, conventions, like a convention run with them like Poncho and possibly Tony Todd and, you know,
2: yeah, maybe
1: takes uh, it. as far as in character yeah. you mean? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, so we did Horror Hound. Um, we, we've got quite a few conventions that, that we're doing. Um, we're getting ready to do Monsterpalooza. Um, we're doing a special event there. And then uh, there's a few other there's like uh, Riverside, uh, Darkside and Riverside, um, and a handful of them that, that, that we're going to. But they're not really in character. I mean, we're just going and, like, either screening the film or, Showing clips from the film and then doing a panel, but uh, but yeah, I mean, people are already. There's people out there who have made cosplay characters of Jacob already, and they send me pictures of it. Uh, when we were at Horror Hound, we saw a guy dressed up like Doctor Death, and so, you know, for for the actors to actually do it, I don't know, if they you know if they would be into that, but but it's cool to have them there you know, signing autographs and talking about the film and doing a and a and then to see fans, you know, in the crowd dressed up like their characters. It's, yeah, it's surreal to, as you said, like see, you know, that reaction from people who, they've only seen the trailer at this point, you know, so, um, yeah.
2: it's really, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. of. I was just sitting there thinking like, I haven't even seen the movie. Are you, are <laughs> you prepared for, awesome.
0: are you prepared prepared for when someone comes up to you with a tattoo?
2: Oh,
1: shit. You know, really yeah, I mean, it's happened bit. actually already. There was, there was there's been a few that have gotten candy, like candy corns tattooed and they, they say it's for the film. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited, like super excited because I, I have a lot of tattoos and I tattoo all my, you know, everything I love about Twin Peaks and X-Files mm-hmm. and The Crow and just, you know a lot of like vintage Halloween tattoos and uh that's exciting for me because it's like when you do that when I get a Twin Peaks tattoo that's me saying like this I, I'm with Twin Peaks forever you know like I this is this has moved me so much that I you know I've had it for years and I still look down at it sometimes and it's just like carry it with you so for people to have candy corn tattoo like I can't wait for somebody to have like jacob's gnarly looking face like it'll just look cool but yeah to to have that is gonna be it's gonna be pretty wild yeah
2: hopefully they go to a good tattoo artist
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's
2: it's because i mean yeah that,
1: there's so many fucking <laughs> bad tattoos out there it's just yeah, yeah it cracks so- up when people get like their favorite like celebrity space tattooed and it's like
2: uh why would you do that it doesn't look
1: like him you know
2: are you they, yeah. the ones where they get you see like the one the classic where he, he's like getting his ba- you know daughter's picture tattooed on him and it's like yeah. the fucking most horrendous thing in the world <laughs> yeah it's
1: like dude you know it's yeah. an alien bro
2: you, grow, you know, don't look
1: right yeah, you might as well have just stapled the picture to your arms. yeah it's <laughs>
2: freaking horrible
1: because people only want to pay like i love that i love the,
2: bucks. you know
1: <laughs> yeah no yeah so if you're listening to this and you're thinking man i really want to get a candy coin tattoo please consider the fact that you're going to have it for the rest of your life and you're most likely going to post it all over social media so spend an extra few hundred dollars and go to somebody yeah. really great yeah because
2: it's uh, <laughs> good tattoos aren't cheap. No, not at all. They're not. They're not. I mean, like, quality, good tattoos are not cheap. Like, I've had someone come up to me and be like, how much does that cost? It costs X amount of dollars, you know. And, oh, this tattoo, I don't pay over $100 for a tattoo. And I'm looking at their tattoo, and I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I can tell. (laughs) I mean, I don't say that to their (laughs) face, but I'm like, You
0: don't say it to their face? Well, I mean,
2: you know, when it's a female, you don't really want
0: to. Oh, you say, anyways.
2: You know what I mean. If it was a dude, it would be like, yeah, I can tell. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah you
2: know, but you know
1: yeah it's like just just think about you know if you live to be 70 or 80 years old how much money you're paying per month for the rest of your life yeah to have the tattoo it's not that much you know and you're guaranteed to have it forever so make the investment
0: that's why i have not what got can a- you do that's why i have not got another tattoo yet i really don't know what i want and I want to save up the money to get what I want, so.
2: Yeah, because he's got some janky tattoos. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> that, <ain't> <laughs> that one right there is a little janky.
0: That's the ones getting covered
2: up. <laughs> but anyways. I told you. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you talked about funding and everything and producers and this and that. Would you ever consider crowdfunding?
1: Um, we did a, a little crowdfunding at the very beginning um, in 2017. And it was, oh, it was rough, man. Um, Stressful, You man. know, I, I, and I, I should have, like, I was given advice from so many people, don't crowdfund. It's just, it's too hard. You need so much money. And, you know, the, the, the problem was we, we crowdfunded. We raised enough money to shoot for two days. That was it. And, you know, that's when the first producer came in and was like, hey, I'll fund the rest of it. Uh, no problem, and then that started this cycle of awful producers that we had. But um, but crowdfunding is tough because you know you you have to give perks, but those perks cost money. So when you're crowdfunding, you're thinking, all right, well we'll give a bunch of DVDs. Okay, so for you know if you donate twenty five dollars, you get a signed DVD. Well, when the time comes, which it now has, to get the DVDs or the Blu-rays. It's like you're talking to the label, and they're like, all right, well, here's how much they cost to make. are like, well, we already spent all our money making the movie. So where's this money coming from? And that's just the Blu-rays or the DVDs. I mean, we did it for posters. Um, you know, we had the, the vinyl score. Uh, Fright Rags did some T-shirts for it. Uh, we did the mask. You know, it was like all this stuff that we had and, and ended up, it's just tough. It's just really tough. And unless you you're, you aim to make more than you actually need, and then you hit that, then you've got you know, the money in the bank to pay for the production of all that stuff, plus the money you actually need to do it. So um, I will never crowdfund anything ever again. Uh, I, I just think it's there's the the market for that is so saturated now. Everybody's crowdfunding everything. And a film in particular, is one of those things that just you just don't know. You know, we we had every great intention of of getting the film funded and and knock it out real quick. It took three years from the time we posted the crowdfunding campaign for it to actually, uh, you know, or I think we we announced it like in 2016 and then it hit in 2017. But it's almost three years because fans remind me once a week how long they've been waiting, um, and it's just, it's just tough. You don't know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, if you, if you're doing something smaller, I'm sure it would be fine, but, uh, it's freaking hard to crowdfund a movie.
2: That's why you do the, uh, what a recent production movie or whatever you want to call it did a hundred dollars for a signed (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray. Yeah. $175 for a mug. $175 for a mug. It's like, Wow, that's fucking high. Yeah. But if, well, if fans are asking for it and they want to do it, because, you know, it's a second movie, yeah. so it's they've already got a fan base and people wanted to do it. And that's the only reason why I brought it up yeah. to you is like if people come to you like, hey, would you crowdfund because I would like to have a screen use prop, you know, $500. Yeah. You know, cr-
1: crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes sense that you, you know, you have to add an overhead on top of what you're what you're asking because that covers the production of it and that's what's hard as well is to express that to fans i mean the blu-rays candy corn blu-rays just went on pre-order on epic pictures website and they're selling like crazy and i get messages from people who are like hey i just went to the website and happened to notice that it costs less than than what i did in crowdfunding can i get a refund on the difference and i'm like are you kidding me like the money you spent wasn't you didn't buy a blu-ray you helped us make the movie, and yeah. we gave you a Blu-ray. Yeah. Like that's, and I'm going to pay for the shipping out of my pocket now. You know, like that's what's hard to express to people is, like, you know, you did not buy anything. It was a that was perk.
2: a perk. Yeah. It was a
1: free perk that we gave you, and you helped us make the movie. Like, be proud of that. But yeah, I mean, to to do like I will never be able to do a movie <laughs> the way I did Candy Corn. I just can't do that for that price. It's just, it can't happen. And the favors that I pulled, those favors are exhausted. And, and, you know, we're all excited to make the next film. And and I hope that we can be in production on it soon, but it's, it's going to cost money. And the idea of crowdfunding, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really freaking hard to make a a movie with the talent that I'm fortunate to, to have that worked on candy corn, you know, on behind the camera and in front of the camera, can't make a movie for under a million dollars, and a million is nothing, you know. I mean, you go, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, hundred and what it was, one hundred and twenty million dollar budget, one hundred and twenty million dollar budget, and it's hard for us to make a one million dollar movie. One, just one of those. That was one twentieth of what Tarantino's salary was to make Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it's like, you know. It, just to get that, it would be so hard to raise that in crowdfunding. and then again, now add on all the perk costs. Um, but fortunately, with all that being said, I'm very fortunate that you know I've candy corn has got the interest of investors and producers, and I've had a lot of really amazing offers since just in the past few weeks since Candy corn has gotten out there to the public. Um, you know, fortunately, on the next one i'm not going to even have to think about crowdfunding the money's there but um if i ever get to a position where i need to to do it again it would i I would i don't look forward to that (laughs) i don't blame you because you
2: could just sell that mug on on a website and just be like here you can have it for way cheaper (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i'm saying all right yeah. I, read, I read an interview that you did. I don't know how many, how long ago it was, but uh, I was reading parts of it, and you mentioned something that you learned from Rob Zombie that, uh, pretty much, I'm just gonna say I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but nothing ever goes as planned, is what was said in it. Sort of like you know everything you had to change, you'd be willing to change on the fly. So, what if any issues yeah. came up while filming, like while you're on set? I know that you had all these the producer stuff happen and everything. But, like, you're on set and something just messes up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really does happen all the time. Um, I think the one that, that comes to mind, because I was just talking about this with one of the producers the other day, so the aerial footage in Candy Corn, uh, there was this one particular road that I knew of uh, where I used to live. There's beautiful trees, you know, as far as the eye can see in this river. I really wanted some aerial footage of that, of Bramford, Sheriff Bramford driving his his cruiser to Jacob's house, and the shot is a nighttime shot, right? So he, him, and Deputy Fox go to Jacob's house, uh, and it's nighttime, and we were, you know, working toward that. At the end of the day, we we're gonna shoot it at night. And then out of nowhere, it just starts pouring rain. Oh. Now we've already shot all the stuff of them showing up to the house a year and a half ago. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's just storming like crazy. And it's like, well, that would have looked cool if we, <laughs> if it was storming before, but it's not, we can't do that. What are we going to do? And so again, you don't have time to reschedule or, you know, or come back another time. So my assistant director, came up with a brilliant idea that you know that no one else thought up because we're all panicking so why don't we just come at like five in the morning before the sun comes up yeah. and do it and just it'll look like nighttime no one will know okay so we had to do we had to come back <laughs> three days in a row before it finally wasn't raining in the morning and then and it just kept storming at night and uh It was just awful weather. That's the thing. That's the downside to Ohio in the fall time is it'll just start raining out of nowhere. Um, But that was the one window we had. You know, everything else was 12 hours book solid. So I ended up going at like it was like 530 in the morning before a 12 hour shoot. On the last day, I ended up meeting up with the drone pilot and we couldn't afford We didn't have the money to pay the crew overtime because after 12 hours, they're all union guys. So they they have to get overtime pay. Uh, We couldn't afford that. So I just went out on my own with the drone pilot and we got the cruiser. But uh, with a guy who owns the cruiser, drove it because we couldn't afford Courtney for the day (laughs) or for the overtime. And uh, we just the three of us, man, just shot all the aerial footage. We got all that stuff uh, before the sun came up and that's what plays is nighttime. And then when the sun came up, I was like, man, this is beautiful. It looks amazing. Let's just keep rolling. And then we got all the daytime aerial that we space out throughout the film. Um, so that's, that's one example every day was something like that, but that was a big one because, you know, we had the aerial pilot hired. He was on standby. We brought that cruiser up from Nashville um, it was, there was a lot of stuff online and it was all for that aerial shot. And, uh, fortunately, you know, thanks to, <laughs> thanks to the AD, we ended up, uh, making it happen.
2: Yeah. That's, that's really interesting or it'd be really stressful. I should say, uh, for, uh, getting it on the very last day, it's, but it's crazy how that works out in, in some ways, yeah. you know, it's like it was meant to be, you know what I'm saying? Like you were meant to get that shot. at least. Oh yeah. Cause there's a lot of people that don't, yeah. are not able to get a shot like that. It's just, it's done.
0: Or not have, or not, no, fortunate, no, we're... not fortunate to have an AD. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. And I didn't, what's funny is I didn't have an AD except for that part of the shoot. So it's like, you know, yeah, wow. all the things that had to fall into place. Yeah. And if I wouldn't have had him there, like I didn't on the whole first half of the shoot, I, I would have just been so stressed out. It would have been like, you know, all right, well, we can't, we just can't do it. And that's just that. And then we would have missed all that amazing aerial footage that had so much production value. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, there's things like that all across the board. You've got, you know, locations that fall out. I mean, another amazing one, uh, <laughs> We, we had, so the theater that's in the movie, right, where Bramford goes, you know, where Steve works, and they find what they find in the theater. Uh, okay, so that theater, this beautiful theater in Wilmington, Ohio, and I've shot a couple short projects there, and I knew the owner, and it was, uh, I wrote that theater in the script. So I talked with the owner, and was like, hey, I'm doing a feature now, and I want to come down and shoot that. Now, we had our crew and cast fly from L.A., right? Most of wow. our crew and you know, almost all of our cast is from L.A. So they came into Ohio, middle of nowhere town, Wilmington, uh, and they're wondering, like, what the hell am I doing here, You know, bringing them here? But this, I couldn't wait to show them this theater. So we get to Wilmington, and the this, this schedule is 7 a.m. tomorrow. Start shooting the theater interiors. Everybody's pumped. The owner's pumped. You know, we've got we've got a pretty big crew at this point, like thirty, forty people. You know, grip trucks and the whole the whole you know whole thing. So we get there. I pull. I kid you not. I pull into my hotel, the one hotel that's in this town. I pull <laughs> into my hotel, and I get a call uh, from a local number I didn't know, and I answer, and it's the mayor of this town. I don't remember his name, but he calls and he says, uh, "Hey, you know." Found out you're coming in the to town and, and filming at the at the Murphy Theater. I said yeah, I was well, uh, I was looking up the movie that you're doing. I see you got some some pretty big actors. I said, yeah, it's you know, it's pretty big. You know, horror actors. And he's like, like uh, well, I was just wondering if you if you thought you were going to do this without clearing it with us. So well, yeah, I did, because huh. uh, I'm shooting in Loveland and I'm shooting in Morrow. And I'm shooting in Blanchester and I didn't have to clear it with any of them. And I talked to the owners and the police and we're all good to go. He so, said, you know, why would I clear it with the mayor yeah. of any of these towns? And he's like, well, uh, I was thinking, you know, it's probably gonna cost you a little bit of money to do that.
2: Uh-huh, and it was uh-huh. like
1: something out of a movie, like talking to a crooked cop or yeah. something. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean? And he's like, "Uh, I just, I just don't see, you know, why we should let big Hollywood movie come in here without, Supporting the town.
2: Well,
1: I said, "Well, I can see that, but this isn't a big Hollywood movie, you know." I'm trying to explain to him. So, anyways, he goes. Uh, I go, "Well, what do you think this should cost to film in your town in in this theater that's privately owned? You know, like well, what, really? what what do you think?" He says, "Oh, I don't know. Why don't we just call it an even five grand?" Sure. And I just, I, I just cussed him out and hung up on him. And I called the theater owner, and she called him, and it was this whole thing. So, this is at eight o'clock at night, and we have to shoot all those scenes at seven in the morning. So, I ended up calling everybody I knew in town. It was like, does anyone know of a theater? I stayed up all night that night. While I'm on the phone there, the guy, the sheriff car I just told you about, came from Nashville. The dude, that's supposed to bring it up, calls me. He says, "Hey man, they never brought the car. Uh, you know, I, I was going to call you earlier, but I figured I'd get them to the end of the night. You know, do you do you still need it?" Or I said, "Yeah, man, we're shooting it tomorrow oh, in Ohio. Where are you?" Well, I'm in Nashville. So what do you want me to do? So I want you to figure it out, man. I don't know. What, like that's not my job. We paid for the car. So I got these two conversations going on. So it's actually we have a we have a photo book, a behind the scenes photo book coming out. I had a photographer through all of this. One of my good friends just following me around and taking pictures. And he, we went, we, you know, I'm on the phone and stuff And finally, I get a call out of the blue from the guy I mentioned earlier, who owns the theater, owns the diner, all that. He calls me up and he says, "Hey, man, uh, no, I'm Greg. I graduated with my son Josh. Uh, heard through the grapevine you're in town making this movie. I own a couple places. I'm gonna text you some pictures. See if you want to use them." And, and then now we've got a diner, we've got Steve's house in the movie, uh, we've got the interior of the theater. Now, his theater is what you see on the outside, okay, and then the lobby. When we came back a year later, we were able to sneak in and shoot the inside of the theater that is in the movie without <laughs> talking to the mayor. Because the owner of the theater was like, you know, screw Man, that. Yeah. I own it. We are not shutting down streets or anything like that's, that's, that's insane. That's extortion. You guys just come here. I have a private parking lot Park there and we'll do this. And we knocked it out, you know, in a few hours. It was, was but uh, that's the type of stuff.
2: It just makes me so curious. Like if you'd just been like, yeah, well we're going to film and there's nothing you can do because there's no law against it. So try to stop me.
1: Yeah. I I, I, to, I just told my producers I'm just like I can't wait until this movie's done and I can talk about this.
2: Oh yeah. Because he
1: you know he probably just thought like you know just some you know young idiot coming from Hollywood thinking he's gonna boss everybody around. You know he can put up or shut up. But it's like that's I'm from here. I, I've shot in this place a million times. But he saw Courtney Gaines and Tony Todd and PJ Souls and probably looked them up and was like, well, wait a second. I guess that Courtney Gaines guy was in back to the future. He's got some money. Let's get some of it. I guess I just know, don't but, understand that. And, and I could
2: independent films.
1: No, not at all. And I could understand if we were like, you know, taking over the town and needed permits and stuff. But anyways, that's the stuff you deal with, man. Is, is little things like that where you, you've got to be up and, you know, on set in 12 hours and the set you're supposed to be on pulls out um, at the last minute. That wasn't the only time that happened. So,
2: The crazy thing is is you bring 40 people to town, and so you're renting hotel rooms, helping the town. Yep. You're going out to the diners to eat. The restaurants there. You're, you're, you're buying gas. You're buying dude, stuff. that's
1: exactly right. You're giving back that's to the exactly community. That's exactly right. It's a, what a yeah. fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and and all those people, mind you, we're not we don't have the money to buy everybody dinner. All those people are paying out of their pocket, yep. and you're right—they're at the hotels, they're at the restaurants, they're going to the gas station to get cigarettes and whatever other thing they're doing. They're doing in your town, probably and uh, it, probably spent a hell of a lot more than five grand, you know. But who knows? I mean, he might have wanted me to meet up with him and give him cash, and it would have been yep, That's spending exactly. money. That's you know? Exactly <laughs> what would
2: have happened. They would have been like, yeah, that's going to have to yeah. be cash, and uh, you don't tell anyone else.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, So when, exactly. is, when exactly. is the next election for that town? Because I uh, need to boycott that name.
2: <laughs> oh, it would be hilarious. Like, you do yeah. a write-up in their local paper. Like, we shot at this theater. Your mayor wanted to charge me $5,000 yeah. to shoot here.
1: Yeah, I tell everybody. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I, I don't care like he did. It's, it's the true. Truth and, true. And that's the thing is the, the people of the town, like the owner of that theater, she's amazing. And she was so happy to help out and all the local businesses, you know, what were, we're excited for us to be there. So you know, there's there's good people. And, and the other thing is like, I can't imagine the out, the outside of the theater we used, uh, you know, like, like working with Greg, that guy, because the one theater fell out, we ended up getting our perfect diner, our perfect theater lobby and exterior, perfect house. Um, The exterior of Cooper's is a whole nother location that he got us that I I really loved. I just happened to drive by and he knew the guy that owned it. So like one dickhead ends up opening up a door to a dude that got us a ton of location uh, for free just because he's a good guy. So it's like, I'll take it.
2: That's amazing. And plus, it like yeah. he can always say, "This was in a movie." Yeah, I mean that's
1: you know, what he was like. He's like, "What am I gonna charge you for?"
2: It? Like, you could put a plaque up and be like, "You know, as seen in Candy Corn, yeah, 2018 yeah. or
1: totally 2019 can. film." It, I mean, like, yeah, and I mean, why people would people go you? visit movie locations all
2: the time? Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be posting that up. I'd be Instagram, uh, as seen in Candy Corn, right here. Come visit.
1: <laughs> I mean, shit. Well, it's funny because he gets he he just told me his manager reached out the other day and said they keep getting requests for people who want to see the movie in the theater that we shot in, yeah. you know, cause they're from yeah. the town and yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, man, but what are you yeah, going to do? There's stupid people.
2: Plenty and they're of the great people out
1: there. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just glad there's people like Greg.
0: <laughs> well, you should definitely do a screening there then.
1: For sure. Yeah. Or just don't, don't invite the, point, the mayor. That's <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the amazing thing is, uh, is you know epic got a, a phenomenal theatrical release which is hard for any film but especially a film this size um and so many theaters have embraced it and uh i get to go to a, a handful of them and do q and a's afterwards all over the country and you just it's awesome i mean it's they, they've been amazing in that respect and i think that that's uh That's something I'm really looking forward to seeing this thing on, on the big screen with audiences and in different towns, and yeah, it's 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 exciting.
2: Hell yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, Or how long do we have with him? An hour, so. It's almost almost an hour, and uh, before we go, uh, I we asked pretty much everyone this question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but. Have, have you ever seen a ghost or had a ghost encounter? Anything paranormal? If you, if you never have, it's fine. I just, it's just people love hearing ghost stories, and it's always interesting to hear somebody else's.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I have. I mean, I used to run a haunted attraction uh, years ago, and we had a, a haunted house, like an actual old farmhouse on the property that, that we did ghost tours through. And I lived in I actually turned the, the loft of the barn into an apartment and lived there for a little over a year. And there was a vibe about the house that was always sort of unsettling, but I can't say I ever actually saw or felt anything like that. So I don't I don't know how I would react if I if I saw a ghost. I'd
2: probably freak I'd out I'd freak
1: out if like my you know, TV turns on, like the other night my TV turned on in the middle of the night by itself and I'm just like, well, it's been a good ride, this
2: is it <laughs> Well, this, I mean, if your TV turns on in the middle of the night, what always works is just cover your head right? Like, if yeah. you don't look out, if you can't see it, it can't see you.
0: <laughs> exactly That, that is yeah.
2: what my feelings are, like if, if I can't see it, it can't see me yeah. I'm waiting till the morning till
1: daylight. Exactly
2: fuck peeking out yeah. if you it, peek is, out, yeah, you it is really
1: nuts. funny it's like if you if you think something's haunt, like a haunted house or whatever it's never scary during the day just just isn't I don't know? Don't it's, get know it's, it's funny how that that works psychologically
2: yeah I just don't get that like all these ghost hunter freaking shows all these ghost yeah. hunter shows and it's always I at night it's
1: interesting it's yeah some of them are crazy it's like clearly dust and they're like oh that's it you know like, I, I want to see a, a figure. I want to see an actual yeah. person that is translucent come out and do something crazy, you know.
2: Or where um, where you, you they, like, they're they pointing down a dark-ass hallway that you can't see nothing. And it's like, what was that noise? Yeah. Well, it's probably your buddy yeah. in a black suit throwing something or, or knocking on the wall down there that we can't see. Yeah. Or
0: you, they tell you what you think or what you're – they want you to hear.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because then it's yeah. like, oh, I did hear that. Oh, I did see that. It's so if, like, come on, dude.
0: If they never yeah. put the words up on the screen, you, you would you it, would see
2: shit. It's like, dude, this is fucking black. Come on.
0: I'm talking about like uh, like if yeah. they say they heard a voice, they'll put the words up on the screen, oh, yeah. like what it said. And before you <clears throat> probably couldn't make it out, and then after you read the what they think it said, then you're like, oh yeah, it
1: did
2: say it that. Just sound but. like that. Oh man, that's
1: crazy. So yeah.
2: I'm not saying I don't believe in ghosts. People but, are crazy. But I don't believe in ghosts. Just
1: haven't seen
2: one yet. Yeah, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen an alien either. <laughs> Some bitches won't abduct me yeah. either. I don't know what's up with this. No aliens and no ghosts.
1: Because you're an asshole, yeah. John. I'd love to see an alien.
2: I would too. That would be great. But think about this. You're driving yeah. down the road and a spaceship just flies in front of you and stops. Like, do,
0: you, do you get out of your car like five, like like, uh, what's that? Reverse.
2: The Fifth Element?
1: (laughs) I don't know.
0: Fire in the Sky. Do you remember that movie, Josh?
1: barely remember Fire in the Sky. I don't. I remember Fifth Element,
0: but I don't remember Fire in the Sky. Oh, well, it's about a guy that got abducted by an alien. But he got out the car, and he got took.
2: (laughs) Man, I'd be freaking out. (laughs)
0: Oh. So,
2: yeah, I'd be (laughs) the one in the car, like, bye.
0: (laughs) Trying to get as far away as possible.
2: Oh, shoot. Well, Josh, man, um, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, when can everyone yeah, man, thank you. Uh, expect Candy Corns coming out? Is it September the 13th?
1: It comes out in select theaters September 13th, which is Friday the 13th. So great, great thing to go do if it's playing near you. And then uh, it comes out on Blu-ray and VOD everywhere in the U.S. Uh, September 17th.
2: So the Tuesday after. So everyone will be on the lookout yeah, for the it. The following Tuesday,
1: September. Yeah, 17th. and it's great. The Epic did an amazing job with the Blu-ray. It's, you know, we, we really uh, made a, a collector's item. It's not just the Blu-ray. You know, so that was one thing I, I expressed to to Epic that they really embraced was it's going to be streaming everywhere. Make the Blu-ray something special for the fans, and you know, we put this two-hour making of documentary with interviews with Tony and PJ and Courtney and everybody. Very insightful, exciting documentary. Um, They did a a 30 minute interview with me that really get into, you know, the nitty gritty. Um, And then we have a director's commentary and a few other little bonus features. Um, And the packaging is just amazing as well. So it's uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's something for any horror fan, especially, obviously especially a fan of candy corn to, to have
2: i was gonna say if the if the freaking blu-ray case looked like
1: a piece of candy corn that'd be fucking <laughs> it would be if insane on, maybe go to epic pictures.com it's it's on there on pre-order um and it's like ten dollars cheaper than the normal price when it goes on sale on the 17th but um but the packaging amazing it's beautiful artwork um and then they have like a deluxe, uh, sort of a deluxe edition, just by default, that has another really cool little piece of artwork inside. So, uh, yeah, I love collecting stuff. I love, you know, that that was always the thing for me. Still is when I have a movie I love. Like even if I have it on Amazon or whatever, I still want to hold it. I want the I want the bonus features. I want the physical copy. Um, and so, so fortunately, Epic listened to that and agreed with it and did that with candy corn so great what
0: if you open the box and it smelled like candy corn that
2: (laughs) would be awful
1: that would (laughs) say
2: i I was gonna ask you like did y'all eat a bunch of candy corn during the filming of this or no or do you even like candy corn you don't you hate it i'm not i'm not a fan (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) i am not either. I think it's one of the worst Halloween candies yeah. ever, but it's iconic. Yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah. Oh, the that is cool. Them them. That's all that matters. Look at the disc. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. They like suck the pale. That is cool, cool. man. Well. That's fucking <laughs> yeah. awesome. And that's it's only 14
1: Yeah.
2: Dude, people need to. Tell a f- everybody. Yeah, 14 for Blu-ray. Uh, that's,
1: nice. that's cheap, cheap for Blu-ray. Cool. Action-packed Blu-ray. All kinds yeah. of bonus features.
0: So, before yeah. we go, real quick, um, what is the first yeah. con you'll be doing after the release of this movie?
1: The first convention? Like, oh, the first con. Um, so, that will be, Monsterpalooza is is the 13th, will be the one oh, wow. in theaters the opening night. Sweet. And then, uh, after that, I have to look and see. I post everything on, on my Instagram, okay. uh, Josh underscore hasty. And it's all there as soon as it's available. But I believe after that, it's going to be a new event that's, that's just starting this year and it's called Dark Side and Riverside in Riverside, California. And it, it's going to be me, Poncho, PJ, Tony, a bunch of us are going to be there screening the film and doing a Q and A uh, and a panel.
2: That's awesome. So,
1: and there'll be there'll be more. We're get we're getting asked to do a lot of them, and it's just a matter of figuring out the scheduling. So, if you so, just stay tuned on my page. We'll I'll post everything there as soon as it's available.
2: Yeah, hmm. we got to meet Poncho uh, a couple years. two years ago at uh, Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival in Nashville. Nice. And hopefully, we can yeah, get him on the great. podcast to talk to him short, soon. Do it. He's great.
0: Everybody, when you get your Blu-rays, be sure to take them to these conventions to get them signed.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. A lot of of valuable signatures to be had on that one, for sure. Definitely. Good advice.
0: Oh, yeah. Josh, we uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah.
1: likewise, man. Really good interview. Thank you.
2: Uh, Thank you. Just hopefully we can stay in contact. Any other projects that you're doing with horror or whatever you know hit
1: us up awesome man will do thank you guys we'll be talking soon alright all right. Thank, thank
2: you sir you. have a good one you have a great one alright you too guys all all right. take all care alright right, guys so that was Josh Hasty. alright guys so Josh Hasty, uh, what a great interview that was a great interview oh yeah
1: definitely if
2: you get the opportunity to check out Candy Corn definitely do I, I would just say the special effects are amazing
0: fuck yeah they are Poncho masked.
2: was fucking awesome Poncho <laughs> was awesome great performances all around like Josh was saying, uh, Justin uh, did a great job with special effects, and it, it's just go check it out. It's, and
0: soon you'll get to um, have the masks and some of the stuff from it. I'm. sure sh- I uh, think a
2: lot of people will have the pale.
0: Yeah, yeah. Trick or Treat Studios. Pail, I
2: mean that. I mean it, it looks cool, and
0: Before too long, Trick or Treat Studios will have out these, uh, these after products so, after
2: the movie comes out. Yeah, so. Yeah. Be on the lookout. Go follow Josh at Josh what was it? Underscore hasty yeah. on Instagram. And like I said, he posts everything there. And follow us at TN Horror News on uh, TN Horror is it? Yeah, TN Horror News. I was meant to say at the Horror Basement Podcast on Instagram is what I meant to say. But mm-hmm. follow us at TN Horror News too. You can follow Jim Jam at what was it? Whatever. It's
0: Jim Jam T N Horror.
2: Oh, oh, well, it's really fucking long. You can follow me at johnny.laroy on Instagram. You
0: got a dot in yours. That's well,
2: because somebody else has it, bro. I don't have a dot on it on Twitter.
0: What what's Yeti since went, y'all didn't notice Yeti wasn't here.
2: Fuck what Yeti's is. No, it's the .yeti.616. You go follow him and uh 20 bucks is 20 bucks, so slide in his DMs. It's going to say that. 20 bucks is 20 bucks, bro. I mean, hey, twenty bucks. He'll $20. get
0: on his knees for twenty. I,
2: I well uh, I didn't say that. I was just saying sliding his DMs, he might he, do stuff for twenty bucks. Well,
0: I I didn't say what he'd get on his knees for.
2: He will clean your floor. <laughs> he will mop
0: Yeti, that's what happens when you don't come on a he podcast. Will
2: mop your basketballs. Polish your balls. I don't know. Anyways, uh go follow us there and um
0: yeah, so uh twenty bucks, twenty bucks, yeti. You should have been here to say, defend yourself. That's all we got is what... But uh that's all we got, y'all. We out.
2: See